How can they call it hot sauce when the sauce is room temperature? Is breaking into prison a crime? I mean, I'm trying to arrest myself. All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life! Hey! Hello everyone and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week myself and my co-investigator Kit Greer Mulvena dive into a new paranormal tale and come to a conclusion at the end as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. Kit, how are you doing on this beautiful morning? I'm exhausted. Ooh, I'm, okay. I am barely hanging in. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through the I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through the podcast. Probably. Barely make it through so that I'm going, sentence. I'm going Mitch McConnell mode here <laughs> in minute one of the episode. Uh, I'm on dad time. Yeah. You know the way there's British, BST, British summertime, Eastern time, Pacific time. I'm on dad time. So even though my child is nowhere to be seen, mm-hmm. I still live in, there is a separate time zone for dads. So it doesn't matter where I am on earth. I wake up at 5.30 a.m. ready to go. Uh, So this is, I am having a midday. It is first thing in the morning and I'm having a, I need a fucking siesta because I am barely holding it together. Yeah. Comparing that to me, I woke up about 45 minutes ago (laughs) and I'm still a little sleepy. Kid's been up for six hours now, I believe. Uh, so, you know, bringing a little bit of different energy uh, to the room. I've had three coffees and a gazpacho. I've been up so long. It's true. Once you go dad mode, it's very hard to shake it off. You know, your dad mode is waking up at 5.30 impulsively. My dad mode, it's turning my phone onto airplane mode. It's even if my kids wanted to get in contact with me, they can try. That's my dad mode. No, that's deadbeat dad mode. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's dad mode. <laughs> I'm on deadbeat dad mode. <laughs> Waking up at eleven, ignoring the Venmo requests from your thirteen children for child support. Even though I left thirteen years ago, I still feel the need to go to the corner shop for a pack of smokes and not come back. Are there really fathers around the world going out for like if you are a spouse or you are children and your father says I'm going to be back in a second. I'm going for a pack of smokes. Instant red flag because that's not a normal thing to do. Yeah. No, no, who goes to the shop only for a pack of smokes? I wonder if bad fathers nowadays are going to the shop for a cherry elf bar. <laughs> right. And then they never come back. Because <laughs> people don't really smoke anymore, but a lot of people vape. So they're like, oh, I'm just going to get a, a fucking blueberry vape. I'll be back in a second, son. And then he disappears literally in a puff of smoke. (laughs) I mean, I can't really relate. uh, Not being a father myself, I can't really relate to dad time. But uh, I did for, you know, a long, long period of my life own a Tamagotchi. Oh my God, I knew you were going to bring this up. And, uh, you know, like a kid, those Tamagotchis, they need to be cared for around the clock. So I do understand. Maybe I do understand, actually. I don't think you do. The grueling schedule, the late nights, the early mornings. I understood it for a week. The little thing died almost immediately. I was yeah. I barely looked at it. But, you know, I think as fathers, we do understand kind of these the struggles. Move on. <laughs> Move on. Uh, welcome to today's podcast. I have an absolute cracker of a case this week for us to dive into. Kit, you like, uh, you like hunting, don't you? No. Shit, that's going to really impact your opinions on this piece. I'm vegan. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Kate, 
What if the thing you were hunting, though, came from another planet? I'm listening. We're going to find out all about what we're hunting after a few words from today's sponsors. And a reminder, you can get every single episode of This Paranormal Life ad-free on patreon.com forward slash thisparanormallife. All right, let's go back to September 1964. We're in the rugged terrain of the California wilderness, an hour northeast of San Diego. 26-year-old Donald Shroom is out hunting with his buddies from work. Now, these are exactly the kind of guys that we want as paranormal witnesses, Kit. They're hunters, probably all dads, and they all work as tech staff at the Aerojet General Corporation. I mean, these are the, these are the guys that we want in our case, right? Hunters, serious people, grown-ass men, and they all work for a company that sounds like it builds rocket ships. Okay, so what you're saying is because they uh, are sensible men, that they are men of the earth, they're hunters, but they're also, you know, educated intellectuals with uh, with their kind of job. So these are the type of people we can trust if they do, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but if they do report on something paranormal. Yeah, sometimes when we're starting our story, our protagonist is a guy named Chum who makes moonshine in his bathtub. So having a group of well-educated rocket men is uh, its a pretty good start. You know, I will say, though, that I don't know if the reputation of hunters as being like grounded people who, you know, only believe what's right in front of their face. Uh, I don't know if that's entirely warranted. I mean, I think the idea is good. It's like, yeah, a guy who hunts deer, he doesn't really care about the flights of fancy of UFOs and ghosts. But I think if we've learned anything from 300 plus episodes of This Paranormal Life, those motherfuckers, if they so much as see a bumblebee, (laughs) they will scream, call the authorities and say they saw a 12 foot star destroyer. Yeah, it kind of goes either way. (laughs) Landing in the middle of the wilderness. They saw the goat man with their own eyes. It's a weird combo to, you know, work at a company that I assume is involved in the you know, the development of rockets that are capable of breaking the Earth's atmosphere and also have bloodlust. I also on the weekend want to kill living creatures. It's a strange combination. When it comes to hunting, these guys didn't mess around. They're in full camouflage gear, complete with face paint. And they aren't even using guns. They're bow hunting. Oh, wow. They really know what they're doing. Well, anyway, as the night of hunting continued, the men spread out in the woods. The trees were tall and thick and the hunters crept their way through the terrain looking for their prey. But getting lost in the moment, Donald realized that he strayed quite far away from the rest of his pals, which is a scary position to be in if you've strayed away from the group of guys with bows and arrows trying to kill anything that moves in the woods. Yeah, there's a chance you are now in the firing line. Not wanting to shout out and scare the animals away, he decided to meet them back at the car at the end of the day. But after a few hours of wandering, it dawned on Donald that he might not be able to make it back to the car by himself. Knowing that this forest was home to bears, mountain lions, coyotes, and cougars, he decided to hike up a tree, strap in, and sleep for the night. This guy went hunting in the Californian wilderness. If he didn't want to meet mountain lions, he shouldn't have gone. Yeah, this is a real hunter becomes the hunted type situation. (laughs) Also, apparently strapping yourself to a tree to sleep for the night is a real thing that people do. 
It seems kind of crazy to me because half the shit he mentioned, bears, cougars, they can all climb trees. And if you wake up face to face with a cougar, the last thing you want to be is strapped to your bed like a lunatic <laughs> in an insane <laughs> asylum. True, although I think maybe it's part of the logic here that cougars don't really look up. <laughs> they are close to the ground and they're kind of, they're like a Roomba. They're kind of just like, <laughs> anim animals are a lot like Roombas. They're kind of like looking around at ground level. Right. And if you can simply get out of ground level to simply two meters above ground level in a, in a tree, uh, you might just evade uh, being seen. Is, do you know that for sure that cougars don't look up? Because <laughs> that's what they say about pigs, right? Is uh, pigs can't look up. So imagine the, the joy they would experience if you just held a piglet and tilted him up towards the sky. They can definitely look up. Really? There's no way they can't look up. What are you talking about? I feel like... What? <laughs> Isn't that an old phrase? Like, piglet, if you ever showed a pig the sky, Piglets it would don't look up or can't look up? <laughs> That's they... not a thing. Pig, can pigs look up? According to Google, it is physically impossible for pigs to look up straight into the sky. The anatomy of their neck and muscles limits the movement of their heads. They've never seen the moon before. We need some kind of pig charity where we go farm to farm, just lifting piglets into the air so they can see the moon for the first time in their sad, pathetic little lives. Now, before Donald can drift off to sleep, he notices a light appear in the sky. Thinking that the guys must have asked for a rescue helicopter to find him, Donald rushed down the tree and quickly created a small fire, hoping that the light or smoke could be spotted by the rescue team. Hmm. Hey! Hey, down here! Come on, Chopper! I'm right here! But Donald can't help but notice. It's not moving like an ordinary helicopter. In fact, it's flying like no craft that he's ever seen before. Hmm. It's changing speed constantly, zipping quickly from side to side, and then zooming great distances at unbelievable speed. And most terrifying of all, this thing isn't making a fucking peep. Interesting. How far away was this thing? I don't know. Okay. Far enough away that he thought it was a helicopter when he first saw it, close enough that it's right beside him in three seconds. <laughs> sure. And here's a little reminder. Donald worked on advanced missile technology at Aerojet, meaning he was very aware of the capabilities of modern science. Okay, this wasn't your normal hunter who doesn't know, you know, a Harrier from an F-1 yeah. from his Apache. This is like showing a basketball to Michael Jordan. He knows what a basketball <laughs> is. Okay. All right? It's kind of his job to know. Well, right. that's a lie. It's his job to dunk. Uh, I mean, how long has he been in this tree? You know, I don't want to be throwing our witnesses under the bus, but is there any chance that on the aforementioned <laughs> bee's nest that maybe he had some poisoned honey and now <laughs> right. he's having a kind of Winnie the Pooh bad trip? Yeah, yeah, all of the events of tonight all took place after he ate a handful of mystery berries, <laughs> which is what he calls uh, dinner served by Mother Nature, a.k.a. whatever he can grab at arm's reach. That could be an option. We could explore it down the line. There's no mention of him eating any mysterious berries or anything like that uh, prior to these events. Yeah. So we'll assume that he didn't. The scariest part of all, Kit, was that Donald's fire did exactly what he intended it to do. 
all of a sudden, this light began to float in his direction. So once again, Donald scrambled up a nearby tree and strapped himself in. And this motherfucker is so well camouflaged, he's like Peter in The Hunger Games. <laughs> he's, he's basically a grey squirrel on a grey tree. He's blending in perfectly to the environment. So you're saying he's now decided he doesn't want to be seen. Whatever that is, he doesn't want to be seen by it. Hell okay. no. From this position where he's strapped to the tree, he can get a good look at the source of the light. Ironically, this thing is dark. So dark, it almost seems to be absorbing light. <laughs> so it was just the middle of the day? It was night. Okay. But there's like, you know at night when things are dark and then you see something that's so dark no, and it I, changes I've you never, forever? I've never, you know? I've never seen anything so dark that it looks like it's absorbing light. I think you're describing a black hole. I think that's by <laughs> no, definition no, what no, a black no, hole is. There's plenty of things. Have you ever seen Vanta Black in real life? Annoyingly. I, well, not in real life. Have you... Uh, yeah, oh. I, I actually uh, weirdly, for part of the press release of one of the Call of Duty Black Ops games, they decided to paint an entire room in Vanta Black so you could go in and play the game in complete nothingness. For those who don't know, uh, Vanta Black is the name of the blackest black that I think exists in kind of a paint form. And it's very trippy. You can see videos of it online. I think it has, I don't know the stats, but essentially no reflection of light. So when you look at it, it looks fake. It looks like there's just a, a completely black hole painted in whatever you, you've put it on. It's kind of surreal. It basically looks like in Looney Tunes when they would uh, draw a hole in the ground and then people can fall through it. Yeah, it's very, very trippy. So I don't know if this is kind of what he's saying. This was a black that even against darkness you could see. Okay. It's something, it's something, it's not a helicopter. That's what I'll say. And I'm not saying it's not a helicopter just because of the darkness, but also it was at least 150 feet long. What? For the record, that is the size of a commercial passenger plane. <laughs> yes, lead with that. For God's sakes, man. Of course it's not a f***ing helicopter. And as far as I know, Kit, a Boeing 737 can hover in the air. They kind of have to be going in a certain direction. Sure. I mean, some planes can hover, so it feels like a weird point to get hung up on. But yes. How dark are they? If, okay. Do they make a noise? Okay, but I'm just saying it's not that weird if we did just have a plane that could hover. I feel like the oh, other stuff... I'm no, trying to, help, I'm trying to more, help you here. Tell me more, a bit more about your plane that you know so much about. I'm trying to help you here. That oh, I feel cool. like there's some maybe potentially slightly more paranormal elements to this. Uh, tell me, is your plane uh, piloted by three feet goblins? Yeah, you haven't said that yet. Is that what is that what's happening? <laughs> it might be. Yeah. All I'm going to say is by the end of this story, I think we'll know it's not your plane. I, I never said I had a plane. What are you talking about? Donald said that there were three little windows on the side of the craft, <laughs> arranged diagonally like a chessboard. The glass in the frames wasn't clear. It was shiny like aluminum foil. But before he could even take it in, the middle window opened up and a smaller craft came out of it. He described it later as some sort of module. I'm so relieved a goblin didn't come out. That is, <laughs> that's a big relief. There was a green guy on a glider asking a lot of questions about Spider-Man. <laughs> Did I forget to mention that? <laughs> okay, so this big craft is now a confirmed 
mothership. Yeah, I don't know what the qualifications have to be for you to be considered a mothership, but I guess just, is that what it means? The, the mother of the little ships that come out of it? I think so. Okay, well then there you go. And a reminder, you know, this was the mid-1960s. This is before drones were even a thing. The only tiny flying objects that this guy had seen were baseballs and birds. Yeah. Something this size being able to fly around was unheard of before. And this little drone was the part that really worried Donald. The larger craft would never have been able to penetrate the thick forest, but this smaller one definitely could. And it did. The smaller craft drifted through the trees and landed about half a mile away from Donald. As you could expect, Kit, this story was only beginning. I want to warn you, Kit, and our listeners right now, from this point onward, there's no going back. Okay. Things are about to get a little crazy. All right. And I just want I just want everyone to remember how reputable a are source you, Donald is. Are you is. stalling? No, not stalling. I just think this is an incredible case. And even in these paranormal stories where we hear kind of outlandish claims, we need to treat them all with the respect of any paranormal story. You know, there. You know, we got to go in with an open mind. We got to be, of course, you know, forgiving. We got to be well, kind. Yeah. We got to be patient. We got to not interrupt. <laughs> that's a few important things. I, and I, that's the the interruption one is important. I, oh, sorry. I know that. Uh, yeah. So. It's just you keep making extended <laughs> pauses. So I think it's okay for me to talk, but that's all right. I'm mistaken. Okay. But I just moving forward, the kind of what the takeaways are patience, open mindedness. And no interruptions. You know, I think I'll be as non-critical as the story allows me to be. Well, why don't you say what you want to say? Okay, because what I will say <laughs> is I just... You're interrupting me now. And I know I, didn't, I wasn't saying anything, but like I, I'm, I've been so close to like forming a thought in my brain and then you say something and it scrambles it all okay, up. Okay, so. I'm going to stop talking now so you can formulate that thought. Cool. I, um, sorry, I just feel like you're going to interrupt at any second. So it's like I'm so on edge, like getting ready for the thing. So what did I say? Patience is what we need here. Open-mindedness and, and no interruptions. I can't stress that enough because every time you interrupt, it, it throws me off my game. It throws me off my game so wildly that I like, I feel like I almost have to start the whole episode over again. So open-mindedness. <laughs> oh my patience. God, you can't say that again. <laughs> Don't you said interrupt it four me, brother. Don't interrupt me because I'm getting to something big here. Jesus, man. I just know you well enough that I can tell when you are, look, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say too invested. I don't want to say you're too, okay. get too invested in a given story, but you know, I'm just worried about just what's going to happen know It's next. a comedy podcast just, yeah. and like, it's, it's, it's power for the course that if you present a case that, you know, I'm going to push back on it. I'm going to like bring some constructive criticism, you know, maybe try and have a few jokes. Sure. I'm just so worried you're going to rip just, it apart. And yeah. it's like, it's, but that's it's kind so, of what we do on the show, isn't it? Right? Yeah, sometimes. It's just... I feel like this one's an easy target. I feel like if we were hunters, this is a duck with no eyes. <laughs> he doesn't even know what, where it is. It's a duck <laughs> with no eyes and no legs. It's kind of just a ball of feathers. <laughs> this case is a duck that thinks the barrel of a gun is its mama. <laughs> that's how easy to hunt this thing is. I'm worried you're going you're gonna to blast it away. It's fine. Look, we'll just move on with the story. With open-mindedness, with, open with patience, patience, and no interruptions. And no interruptions. <laughs> Please. Okay. 
Uh, if we could get some garbled alien speech in the edit right now, that would be great. <laughs> Donald started to hear garbled exchanges in the distance. From his view up in the tree, he could see a figure come into view on the ground. He said it was short and stocky and dressed in a white and silver one-piece garment. Hmm. But it's not the clothes that terrify Donald. It's the figure itself. Its face is a black void. <laughs> But with two even blacker eyes embedded within it. That, that doesn't. How could it be a void and then some of it's blacker than the other bits? We talked about this. Vanta Black, it's a real thing. Okay. Within seconds, a second identical creature arrived in the clearing. As they walk, they both emit a noise like owls hooting in the dark. Like, I guess, yeah. Whether that's them trying to communicate with the local wildlife. Kind of reminds me of the, the, the creatures that are described in the uh, aerial phenomenon case, uh -huh. which was aliens that came down, allegedly spoke to children, and the children described them as almost being like mist, transparent, mm. smoky, dark mist. Although they weren't wearing, well, it wasn't that they weren't wearing clothes, but they weren't wearing robes or, or like a one-piece suit like, like is being described here. That's true, which seemed fine when we were talking about that case in the past. But now, talking about these aliens, it seems like the ones who were talking to the kids should have been wearing clothes. <laughs> right. That's a bigger problem we didn't talk about. Before Donald knew it, an even larger, metallic figure emerged from the bushes. This one looks almost like a robot, and Donald described it as having glowing red eyes and a hinged jaw. <laughs> it's Bender from Futurama. It's a robot. This Terminator starts walking directly towards Donald. I'm imagining, ka 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 Can like I have some real... evidence? Can I? Just, you're hearing is, the evidence. Is that, un is that like an understandable request? You're, you're for... hearing the evidence, brother. This <laughs> for, is it. For, for this kind of juncture of the, of the podcast. Just, I feel like you sympathize because, you know, I've, I've, I've probably put you in this situation and I'm sure most yeah. weeks. Um, but I feel like if we're getting down to ka <laughs> noises. Right. Anytime you're making robot noises and doing the walk in a story, you've gone too far. You've simply gone too far without evidence. It's not the first time we've had a story where aliens, organic creatures, come down with robots. Uh, there was one that we talked about that took place in Russia, where I think a robot came out and hit someone with a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I do remember that. Yeah, this is a, this is a common thing: is is organic creatures with kind of robotic creatures coming down and working together. Whether or not that's some sort of alliance or that's just their iPhone, mm. you know, we don't know. Unfortunately, I assume that this robot is like Predator. All the camo in the world isn't going to help you. This thing probably has heat vision eyes. And I know, look, Kit, you're being very patient. You're being very open-minded. Thank you. You are interrupting, but it's with it, but it's with counterpoints that I do appreciate. So that's why I'm going to do you the courtesy of saying things are going to get wilder. Things are about to get wilder. <laughs> I thought this was it. I thought <laughs> I was you know, I was worried. I was extremely worried after you warned us all about where it was going to go, but now you're telling me we haven't even hit the bit which you said was so like, easy to attack. The duck has climbed inside the gun. The duck has put the, the barrel of the gun in its quacker. 
and is trying with its little flippers to pull the trigger. It's hunting itself. The duck grabbed the barrel, put it on its forehead and said, do it, do it. I dare you to do it. The robot emitted a white gas that rose up the tree and knocked Donald unconscious. What? He woke up a few minutes later, dry heaving and struggling to breathe, and the robot gassed him again. (laughs) Uh, This kept happening allegedly over and over again. He would wake up, get gassed, pass out, wake up, get gassed, (laughs) pass out. I'm starting to understand why the Russian aliens carried a pipe. (laughs) Because, you know, it's a little bit more fail-safe than this gas, which is seemingly not doing the job. Yeah, I love the idea of these aliens arriving and they're trying to keep up the mystique of like, like, go to sleep, space traveler. And you like kind of doze off. And then you're like waking up a few minutes later being like, what the hell? And they're like, oh shit, he's awake again. Use the gas, use the gas. (laughs) They wake up again five minutes later. What the f***? Why won't he stay down? Hit him with a branch. Hit him now. (laughs) The final time that Donald woke up, he decided to fight back. So he grabbed his bow and tried firing at the robot before it could gas him again. (laughs) There's no way after being gassed five to six times that that arrow was going to hit its mark. He (laughs) He was suddenly wishing he was just a regular hunter, not a bow hunter. Yeah, that's this is the equivalent of like being spun around and then trying to hit a pinata. Yeah, it's yeah. not gonna happen. Yeah. We've been space gassed that many times. It's not gonna work. Apparently, though, he hit the mark. <laughs> of this, course, of this, course he did. <laughs> this arrow struck the, the robot thing, but it wasn't enough to even take it out. In the end, more robots showed up, and apparently teamed together to administer one last gas attack. Wrong enough to knock, out, to knock out Donald for good. Kid is uh, kid is struggling today in the studio. I think it's I think he's sleepy because of the dad schedule, like we said. I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying to be kind, open-minded, and open-minded. Because you are interrupted. You're interrupted a f- ton. At honestly. what it's- point did we start? I didn't realize we were accepting like ch- like children's creative writing projects. I didn't realize that like the ramblings of a toddler. Hey, how dare you? This is a constituted man- an investigation here on this paranormal life. This is a man who's been gassed so many times he can't even spell his own name. Okay, so the fact he's able to remember the events of this night is actually pretty incredible. Sorry, sorry, you're right. Yes, um, I need to be respectful of the story. So yeah, tell me how many more robots. <laughs> turned up and started gassing him again for for the what 12th time sometimes i have enough rum and cokes to not be able to find my way home all right this motherfucker's been gassed by a robot from I another know, planet I know. so it's pretty incredible he can still talk all i'm going to say is <laughs> he he seemingly can remember the story in great detail despite <laughs> all the gassings all i'll remind everyone of is that this is a reputable member of society who works for a program let me see his employment contract i don't believe i don't believe i don't believe this guy is who he says he is and yes these claims are quite literally out of this world but it's an interesting story and i think you'll be interested to see how it it develops (laughs) look luckily we're out of the woods not literally still in the woods but the craziness is gone. When Donald woke up after the big gassing, it was morning. There was nothing in sight but trees. The next day, 
Donald obviously told his friends immediately about what happened that night. And although they were skeptical, they could see that he was really shaken up about it. So they took him home to try and leave the strange trip behind him. But for Donald, that was only the beginning. You're saying he woke up the next day after the gassings. Yeah. Woke up, it was a bright new day. Yeah. No one was there. Everyone was, was it gone. It was as if nothing happened. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that It was as if much. it was a dream. I wouldn't say that much. A dream? The, the, the humanoid creatures and the robots were gone. But the memories, yeah, everything, yeah, the memories of that. Was there up any night evidence? Any like never... stuff left behind? Any yeah. footprints? We're gonna any... get into that because those we will get those robots that. would be really heavy too. Like they would leave footprints. You would think surprisingly light. An army surprisingly of robots. Light. Space metal is basically like a bubble to us. It's it's super light. It's crazy. <laughs> all right, all right. But as I said, Kit, even though the events were over, this was just the beginning of Donald's journey into the world of the paranormal. And we're going to continue that journey right after a few words from today's sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest, and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. All right, welcome back. As I said, just to, you know, catch everyone up on the story, Donald got gassed big time. <laughs> yeah, we know. It knocked we, him out. There's no way anyone missed, just like no one missed your request for kindness, patience, and non-interruption. Non yeah. No one missed the gassing. You don't need to recap the gassing. Okay. All I'll say is, you know, yeah. it's, it's a good thing he was strapped to that tree. Otherwise, he'd be falling out of it like a dead monkey. Over the next few days, Donald can't shift the memories from his mind. Things got so bad that eventually, he decided that he had to get in touch with the US Air Force and tell them everything he witnessed that night. So Donald told the US Air Force everything about the object in the sky, the small drone, the figures, the knockout gas. He even showed them one of the arrows that he had fired at the robot creature. But they seemed less than convinced. They told Donald, we appreciate you contacting us, but what you saw was likely just some teenagers pulling a prank. Nothing out of this world. Rude, but okay. Donald was disappointed, but he understood their skepticism. And there was nothing he could do about it. So, he went to grab the arrow that he'd brought. But before he could, the interviewing officer grabbed it first. <laughs> we'll throw that arrow out for you. Have a good day, sir. Even though the US Air Force said they didn't believe him, Donald couldn't move on. He actually started having nightmares about what he saw, living the events over and over again in his dreams. Eventually, Donald decided to take matters into his own hands and return to the forest where the events took place, this time bringing along some of his buddies. 
It's just up here, boys, on the left. What are you expecting us to find, Don? There'll be evidence everywhere. I fired off a bunch of arrows, my jacket came off, I bet I left scratch marks in the tree. But when they arrived at the scene, there was nothing. There was less than nothing. All of the arrows were collected, and his missing clothes were double missing. It's barely even possible to tell where the fire was that he'd made up. Had he made up the fire as in when he made it. Right. Right. Sorry, there's a little slip of the tongue <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah, make yeah, up yeah. the fire. He No, of course not. He he made it. No, no. Up. Right. Yeah. He made it up. No, he didn't. You're saying he made it up? Well, then what was point three in my requests? No interruptions, sir. Sorry. He created the fire. Not in a fictional sense. <laughs> he built it. He built the fire. That's the one I'm looking for. It didn't make any sense, Kit. It had only been a couple of days. How was it all gone? It was like somebody came out there and cleared it all away. Mm-hmm. That's an option. Yep. Throughout the rest of his life, Donald claimed he was continuously tormented by the memories of that night. He said in his dreams he would have premonitions that aliens were on their way to Earth and that he lived in fear that they would one day come back for him. Luckily, his wife Judy was extremely supportive and even got in contact with a paranormal investigator years later to help Donald write a book about his experience. Now, I haven't read the book, but the reviews do indeed make interesting reading. They're all in agreement that the detail is there, it's just apparently written very badly. But the fact is that this story is able to live on through the book that was written, and many people to this day do believe that the events of that night did take place. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, books like this, you know, that there's there's lots of people out there who, you know, I'm attacking it because obviously in this paranormal life, what we love is, you know, having multiple witnesses to an event or physical evidence or whatever. But uh, I mean, there's certainly, he isn't alone here in having a sole paranormal experience, a close encounter of the third kind, yeah, which has only happened to him and which... There's countless people over the years who have then turned to writing a novel or writing a book about their experience because because it kind of falls into this camp of like, look, here's my story in all of its detail. You could choose to believe me or not. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for those who know, for those who've experienced this kind of thing too, you know, they'll they'll appreciate and they'll learn from my story. And for the people who won't believe me, you know, they'll never understand anyway. You know, Kit, what I'll say is I don't blame you for... Uh, attacking this case. I feel like as humans, it's in our nature to attack that in which we don't understand. It's the same reason I tried to fight my high school math teacher in the school car park, uh, because the lessons were so confusing to me. It, it, it made me furious. It made me foam at the mouth. I was so angry. I was being told something that didn't make any sense to me that I said, Dr. Richardson, you, me, 4 p.m., in the car park. Which doesn't make any sense because like he didn't make it up. It's like it was, it's from a textbook. It's just his job to like get you to do the exercises. I'm just extra bitter about the whole thing because Dr. Richardson kicked the shit out of me. <laughs> he really, he wore a lab coat, but underneath it, he was buff. It was incredible. <laughs> There's something really funny about you picking a fight with an old guy and not knowing that he's like a black belt in jiu-jitsu or something. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you, you're like, God damn, I thought I'd just win on youth alone. I don't know how to fight. 
I said, here's some math for you. 1v1 me. And he, he actually delivered a spinning roundhouse kick to my head. I woke up several days later in the car park. No one helped me, by the way. Six days of school had passed and I was passed out on the floor and no one helped me up. How f***ed up is that? I just want to point out, if I'm attacking this case, it's not because it's human nature to attack that which we don't understand. <laughs> I think that's you putting words in my mouth. Uh, I am just understandably cautious and skeptical of any case in which we are relying on a sole witness. And sure. when the witness returns to the scene of where some pretty wild claims took place, it is, quote, scrubbed clean of it's as if nothing ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to it's it's important for me to uh, consider both options here. And yes, a reason why there was no evidence that anything took place could potentially be it's because nothing took place. <laughs> You're like, I'd, oh, shit, I never I huh. hadn't actually thought about it. That until actually here. is possible. Yeah. It might not have been a team of government soldiers who were deployed to the area uh, at sundown to cover up the scene of the crime. It could have just been a lie. And I don't know which one is more plausible, but I know which one is easier. I mean, to to go along with the story for a bit here, is there a third option? Obviously, we've got our paranormal situation. We've got our hoax situation or that he's just mistaken and that it didn't happen at all. Is there a third? Is there a third path here where this falls into the classic camp of, uh, you know, this is some kind of military stuff. This is... This is uh, testing of vehicles of some kind. This is military personnel. It was drones. It was robots. Uh, I mean, you know, for sake of argument, we are, as you say, an hour north of San Diego, yeah. one one of the most famous like uh, U.S. military strongholds in North America. It's very true. Could the government have been testing a gas powerful enough to kill an eagle? That was their whole thing, maybe. So they were like, hey, all right, we're out in the woods now. No one's here oh shit, there's a massive eagle up in that tree. Let's keep gassing it and see how many times it takes to right. kill it, essentially. Uh, that is an option. That is an option. I think the craft that uh, Donald claimed to have seen was so otherworldly mm. that that kind of does rule out um, a military operation, but it's one we have to consider. Uh, I think, as you said, those are the options. Uh, either he saw some sort of aliens, he's a lying piece of shit, it's possibly a military operation or, as the government officials suggested, maybe he was the victim of an extremely elaborate prank, which doesn't explain every aspect of the story, but yeah. guys in cloaks, one dressed as a robot, freaking people out in the woods, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. You know, these kinds of stories are really tough. I mean, a place where my head goes quite often too is, um, you know, again, like you mentioned, a little bit like the aerial phenomenon one. You know, aerial phenomenon, I think they also didn't have a ton of physical evidence of, of a craft landing. Yeah. Um, Wasn't it just like indentations in the ground? Yeah, like at most, maybe. Yeah. You know, and I, I remember part of the discussion becomes, you know, at what point was this a psychological phenomenon yeah. shared by all? And it was only more believable in some ways because it was shared by so many people, so many children. You know, is that something we're toying with here? That this is, you know, <laughs> the reason it sounds wild is because it was, you know, not that it wasn't real, but that it was on some level happening 
telekinetically or or experientially or psychologically rather than in in hard cold reality yeah frustratingly donald has kind of made his story a little less believable because that would be a fantastic option if this was as you said kind of a psychological experience but he very clearly states that he multiple times fired an arrow that hit the robot in the chest <laughs> and seemingly didn't do anything yeah so unless he was unless the gas made him so loopy that he was actually firing at a tree and it wasn't doing anything he is implying that he had a physical interaction with the creatures that came down from the craft so it, it kind of you can't argue the fact that they were a dream or a mirage because he hit him with an arrow Kid, I appreciate that, that today's story is a wild one. As I said, anyone who's claiming to have first-hand experience and an interaction with life from another universe, it's going to be pretty wacky. Uh, I hope that Donald's credibility will carry this story uh, further than, frankly, it deserves to be carried. But of course, at the end of every podcast, it's up to us to decide independently whether or not we think there's any truth to these stories, whether or not we think that this case today, the Cisco Grove UFO encounter, is really paranormal. Really tough. You know, we love UFOs. Uh, We love UFO stories, even from this corner of the world. There are many of them. And this has a lot of hallmarks of cases which we have uh, known and loved before. Um, Certainly the the craft and everything like that feels, I suppose these days, in light of all the recent UAP and UFO sightings, maybe feels the most like compelling and believable and in line with other stories we've heard. Yeah. Uh, and then the more we get into the men made of Vanta Black with one-piece suits and robots gassing him dozens of times uh, <laughs> and then leaving no physical evidence that's when it becomes a little harder to swallow. It doesn't mean that it's not true, but it it, uh, it raises the bar for the evidence required, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. If you're making... The more dramatic your claims are, the more you need the evidence. And in a story like today, where the claims are essentially this guy went predator mode, he was Arnie with face paint firing arrows at a robot man, you need you need a couple screws and bolts to prove that one, brother. You can't just say that creatures from another universe gassed you out of a tree and and not have anything to back it up. Uh, so I think we're probably unanimous on today's decision, but it's going to be a no from me this week. I guess that makes it a double no. Balls! Man, we're on a losing streak of no's recently. It's just been no, no, no. We need to find a case that's going to deliver that yes. Uh, and who knows it could be next week's episode that's why you have to tune in every Tuesday for your next episode of This Paranormal Life I feel like sometimes I notice a pattern in these kinds of UFO cases have you noticed this that you know whenever you tell me that's a story from the mid 1960s I am like not remotely surprised when kind of like little men show up. It kind of feels like, you know, we've been doing this long enough now that we see established patterns and, mm-hmm. we, you know, there's, we know that like the 50s was the beginning of like the modern UFO phenomenon. You had uh, Roswell and everything creating a UFO kind of panic. UFO fever. UFO fever. And then it started to enter the media and the zeitgeist, which caused a flurry of sightings, uh, some of which were maybe real, some of which many of which probably weren't and 
it feels like around this time was then the first idea of, you know, these things being piloted by little men. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't seen as so ridiculous back then as it maybe is now because we're now, it's been depicted so much in media. That wouldn't be taken very seriously if you said little green men jumped out and, and talked to you. Uh, that wouldn't be taken as seriously today. It would be seen as less scientific. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like we've seen this before. Cases back then when... You know, and I don't know whether they're hoaxes or not, but uh, yeah, it just felt like little men were showing up all the time. Yeah, whereas uh, even contemporary examples like the UFO sightings we've had recently in Las Vegas or all across the world, even the uh, descriptions of allegedly spotted creatures are very different. They're all like f***ing nine foot now. They grew up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the visuals have changed. Huge, tall, humanoid, lanky creatures. Yeah, the the world of like tiny little big-headed bugmen has kind of is gone, really. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see how things have changed, uh whether there is any paranormal explanation behind it. Uh but today we didn't find it. It was this wasn't it, chief. So unfortunately, uh, we need everyone to kind of hold your phones or your laptops close to your head. We're going to administer a gas. We're gonna, <laughs> right. We found a way to do it. We're going to gas you all right now. Currently, this process only works if you're listening via the uh, Apple Podcast app, the Spotify app. Uh, not supported with Google Podcasts just yet yeah. or, or Stitcher of those kind of places. So... So you guys are just going to have to hit yourselves on the head with a two by four. <laughs> right, right. If you're rocking the Android, <laughs> you're going to need to uh, bang your head off a concrete block. We'll be around your house later with a lead pipe. <laughs> Don't worry. And while we're not going to be at Cisco Grove Forest ourselves, we are going to be in the United States very, very soon in California, in uh, LA, San Francisco, Boston, Chicago, and New York City. Good news, bud. I just canceled the LA show. We could go to Cisco Grove now. You canceled the uh, what? Don't no. He he didn't. He didn't. I I mean, it was he pretty didn't. important. Still go. Still it was pretty tickets. important. No, it was pretty important that we play that show. But after hearing this case, I think it's even more important that we go see if what Donald was saying is really true. There's time. There's days in between shows where we can huh? roam about and investigate the paranormal. I don't think the so. The LA show is still on happening. Map, it's like a good bit of a commute. So I don't think, I really don't think we have time for both. And like, we can do a show in LA anytime. And we can't. We're really locked in. It's still not a pencil. We're hard penned into this one. So. And like, a lot of people have bought tickets and are really looking forward to it. But still like, come. Still come as we well. We can actually just change the, like the tickets could still no, be not, valid if we no. move the date the date's not moving uh, so like the, next year end of next year is that fair the date isn't moving when is the show i'm trying to find out when the show is october 6th it was it was but it i is. just cancelled it october and we 6th. were gonna be yeah we're gonna be we're actually yeah sorry guys we're gonna be on location actually investigating something no you come guys to understand. the vermont i know you understand come to the vermont or come to our show in san francisco or any of our u.s dates and then we're flying back over to the uk to perform in belfast london manchester and glasgow when it comes to this paranormal life we never know when we're going to be on tour uh, we never won't know when we're going to be on tour again so if you don't want to miss this possibly once in a lifetime experience Book your tickets today to come see This Paranormal Life live. It's paranormallife.com to get your tickets. And I will say to those going to the London show, yeah. this is going to be a special one. So America is very special because we haven't been there before on tour. Yeah. 
We couldn't be more excited. And the shows are all pretty massive. I think we've said before, I think like maybe every show in America is like bigger than any show we've ever done before. Yeah, it's huge. But London will always occupy a special place because it is uh, the home of TPL. It's where we've got our studio. But this one is, uh, all I'll say is bring some friends and family because (laughs) we have booked a very, very large theatre. Enormous And tickets are flying and everything's amazing and it's going to be an amazing night. But it's a big, it's a big theater. It's it's huge. It's <laughs> we might have to call in some of these guys from the other worlds <laughs> for some seats. Right, we're gonna bring in the six foot robots. We just will we'll ask them to hold off on the gas until <laughs> I say a joke that doesn't land. Then they can then they can gas it up all they want. There's something so dark about you doing a joke that doesn't land. No one laughs in the whole auditorium. You just go gas them, <laughs> gas them all. Knock out gas, filling the vents. People wake up three hours later and there's just a guy on stage sweeping. It's like, they left hours ago. (laughs) Yeah, they thought they could just go to the next show. We're like snake oil salesmen. As soon as people get wise to how not funny we are live, we have to move to a new state (laughs) and perform all over again. Uh, It's going to be great. Pick up your tickets. You don't want to miss it. It's in the middle of spooky season. So get a handful of candy corn or whatever the UK equivalent is. Yeah, we, we... we Sausage rolls. We spent a lot of time and effort making sure this could happen in spooky season. So every single show is in spooky season. It's all in October. Um, and that, that London one, we, we tried to get it as close to... I think Halloween night does land like midweek this year. So that's why we're doing it Saturday night, baby. Hell just yeah. before Halloween night. Um, so... I really want people to dress up for that. Right. Come in costume. That would be so cool. So, uh, as I say, a big theater, you're going to want to be there. This is going to be, I mean, this Paranormal Life shows are always about meeting other listeners of the show. And there's going to be over a thousand yeah. uh, of other listeners to the show if you go. And I don't want to like, you know, the show is enough of a reason to go because it's going to be a, a, an amazing once in a lifetime experience. But uh, Kit told me last night he's going to go loco. Hmm? He, he said, he said he's on tour and he's going to go nuts. He's going to be chugging beers, doing shots. He said he wouldn't leave the venue till he's personally kissed every person that came. I wouldn't do that. Why would I Which do that? Which is so cool of him. It's so rock star. I would know? literally never say that. So I'm the one who's married. Why would I kiss anyone? You, on the cheek. On the cheek, you sick fuck. Yeah, I, we don't want to kiss on the mouth. You didn't specify. God, they knew. Or and if they didn't, gas them. Gas them now. <laughs> sure, I will be bringing the energy as much as I can. Oh, yeah. I don't know if loco wow. is the word wow. that I would use. Oh, it's the word I'm using. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It's going to be nuts. You don't want to miss it. Head on over to thisparanormallife.com forward slash tour. And of course... At the end of the podcast, we'd like to give a very special little shout out to some of the individuals who support us on Patreon. And that's what we're going to do right now. So thank you very much to Owen Price. The price is always rice with Owen. That's the only currency he accepts? Rice? Yeah, he owns a rice store, so... But the prices are quite good. So the price isn't rice. The price (laughs) is money. just a saying, dude. (laughs) It's the name of the shop, The Price is Rice. But you pay it's with barely, cash. It's barely even a good pun. The, it's not a pun. It doesn't make any sense. The it product is. is rice. The price is money. 
So, oh, do you I want wanna... some basmati or not, I motherfucker? Don't. I okay. Don't. <laughs> Thank you, Owen. <laughs> Thank you to Kate. Kate is always coming to people's aid, whether they need to change a tire, whether they've fallen off their bicycle, oh, that's whether sweet. they are even just in financial distress. Wow, that's really, really kind of them. Yeah, it's not. They want money in return. So if they're helping someone with financial problems but want money in return, that's a loan shark. <laughs> right. And that's a bad thing. Right, and if someone has burst a tire... They like come along and change the tire really quickly, and then they're like a million pounds. Right, that's a million pounds right now. That's making it so much. And if you worse. don't give me a million pounds, I'm gonna slash the other tires. All right, Cade, maybe uh, rethink your life. Thank you to Isaac Golden. <laughs> Isaac, you're gonna be Isaac Bronson by the time you get to the paranormal commune, because yes, as a formality, every individual is stripped of their valuables upon entry, just to make sure that everyone's on the same level playing field. No gold, no silver, no diamonds. And we hold on to them for you. So don't worry about that. We hold on to them and sometimes wear them just to make sure, you know, if you don't if you don't wear clothes, they go bad. Isn't that what they say? No. So you gotta like wear golden necklaces and golden crowns. So Isaac Golden, if you just give us all your golden stuff. And give us your passport too. Yeah, because you're not gonna wanna leave. No. With the amount of gold we have in this city. How it's incredible. How are you not a Bond villain? Mr. Golden? That is a cool... I like, you know, Powers is a cool second name, but uh, Golden is pretty cool. The Golden Boy. Thank you also to Jason Gan. Jason is going, going, Gan. Uh, when Jason... <laughs> Lock the doors. Don't let him go. Right, <laughs> Have we got his passport? Bridge. Have we got his passport? We do? Good. All right. We're trying to chase him down, but we're so over-encumbered with gold. <laughs> we can't catch him. I'm like panting. <gasps> Jason's gone. He gone. He got away. Jason, I'm gonna level with you. If we've got all your valuables, you can you can go. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all set. We're all, we're even. Call it even. And finally, thank you so much to Michael Garrison. Michael Garrison is an expert in marrying sons. Have you got a son who's just hopeless? Who just is never gonna find love, let's be honest. Come on down to Michael's married sons. He will find your son a spouse in 72 hours or less. Money back guaranteed. Wow, how does he arrange these marriages? Mostly human trafficking. Okay, that's enough from you, Michael. This is very illegal and bad. I shouldn't have said the last bit. <laughs> he said, don't mention the trafficking. <laughs> you know, M Michael, I am a son. So am I allowed to sign up for this this uh, program? You're, you're a prime candidate. Okay. Oh, Michael, I'll get in touch in a good way, not the trafficking way. I hope there's another system we can go through. Oh, yeah. If you want to pay more, you can go through the ethical marrying program and we'll find <laughs> spouses who actually want to get married to you. Right. It's just uh, Michael creating you the best Tinder account possible right. and swiping on your behalf. Um, thank you, Michael, and thank you everyone who supported us on Patreon. We quite literally couldn't make this show every week without you. So we're so thankful for your support. And if you want to check out all the amazing rewards. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. We have over there, from exclusive merch to bonus episodes of the show, check it out on patreon.com forward slash thisparanormallife. I hope you enjoyed this week's wild and wonderful tale. I want to say thank you to Kit uh, for his patience, his open-mindedness, and most importantly... uh, You interrupted! Right at the end! Right right. at the end, he couldn't do number three. Ah, unbelievable. And You were thanking me? I'd like to thank him for not interrupting most of the story. You're welcome. We'll see you back here next Tuesday for another Paranormal Paranormal Tale. Tale!